We are live, my friends. So awesome. thank you for coming on the podcast. No um, if you want to tell everybody listening, watching, you know, what's your name, who you are, and just a little bit about you, just so uh, for the people listening, obviously I know you. But. <laughs> okay, my name is Alexander Ely. I'm from Port Talbot. I'm 30 years of age. I'm a veteran. I spent 10 years in the military. Um, now I'm an IT engineer for a company in, in Bridgend. Sort of my belief and my vision for the future for me and for other people is just to create a sense of like well-being and good mental health and good vibes for, for people who believe that they, there's something better for themselves mm. they want people to like start believing in themselves mm. and start taking little steps forward to to get to where they need to be um, and this is why we, me and you this is where we uh, essentially met wasn't it because uh, mm. we met through so through yeah, face through ideas and beers through fa- um the, the the community online I think um and we spoke a little bit about you know self development and the things that yeah uh, you know, we're both interested in isn't it and obviously we've yeah. been do, uh, talking about C dips and stuff like that later we'll come <laughs> on to that in a bit now um with, with the so with the starting off with the uh, the military stuff then so how long were you in the in the army for so you spent ten I joined when I was seventeen mm. so that's two thousand seven so that's going back a bit now yeah, it's going back a bit <laughs> so how old do you know? I'm 30. 30. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I joined in 2007, um, fresh out of college. I thought, I seen the steelworks every day, yeah? Mm. I thought, oh, I don't really fancy that. I wanted something more, wanted to be, get a bit of travelling, wanted, and I, I felt like I needed some sort of regiment mm. in my life. Yeah. Um, I, as I went through a phase, went in college, I was just like being reckless. Mm. I thought, oh, I need to join something which is going to instill some real moral some values in me mm. and when I joined the military I, I I received exactly what I wanted so I got the, the leadership discipline mm. the integrity the personal development sort of um, qualities that I was looking for in myself I just built on that end. and I was a radio engineer in the military mm. so I spent four years as a radio engineer I spent um, like six months of initially in Afghanistan so I was coaching and mentoring Afghan police and Afghan national military, which is really intense experience for like an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, I was like one oh of the young, I was one of the youngest coaches out there. To be fair, and I got through. I got thrown in the deep end. I remember the first, so the first, my first day off Bastion, I um, got chucked out of a helicopter in the dark, and I was like picked up with this by this by this guy on a quad. He jumped in the back of the quad. I was like, oh, this reminds me. Joe Ross Kemp. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no way to play. I was watching Ross Kemp and Afghanistan like back to back, thinking, "How can I prepare for this?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "There's no, there's no, there's no manual to, mm. to to like give you the experience. Like anyone could tell you what it's like, but when you watch mm. like a journalist, you get some sort of vibe what it's like." Yeah. And when I went up, there, I was like just thinking of, "Oh my god, I've been watching this on mm. TV, and now I'm here." <laughs> and I was in in I was I was based in this mud hut for like three or four months. I had my own room and the first night I remember I remember I was just drifting off to sleep I was like oh, bang and I was thinking I woke I was like it start, mm. something startled me and I was thinking oh what is that I thought do you only just do you only just bump something bumps you in your sleep but you, yeah, yeah. you don't think it's anything external you just think it's maybe you've dropped off yeah all of a sudden and I heard all about going ah we get attacked I was like oh no way <laughs> So that's my first night. I just jumped out of my bed. I was like trying to undo my mozzie net. Yeah, yeah. I was like panicking. I was like, all right, so this is my first day outside of 
the wire, yeah. as they call it. And I was like, welcome to Afghanistan. And that, it, that was like a good, a good sort of introduction to introduction it, I suppose, to it? Afghanistan, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we got attacked on my first day. But it, it was a really good tour, you know, really good. It taught me a lot about myself because mm. doing that tour, like a lot of the Afghan soldiers and Afghan police that we were mentoring were shooting, mm. the British soldiers that we worked with. So I thought, what I did see was a lot of resentment yeah. to them from British soldiers. I didn't agree with it, so I thought the only way really to like ensure. No. Yeah. 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 No. This is going off. The is going off. I thought the only way really to ensure my survival with these guys is to be my to be like true to them basically and, yeah. and, 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 and coach them as best as I can mm. and like to think on that level as a, like an 18 year old I thought I'm, I'm mature for my for my years because yeah. I was understanding their emotional state and trying to understand that the way I am perceived to them could be threatening if I'm resenting them as an army for stuff they, their peers have done or yeah. their colleagues have done but which is mostly done under pressure from from, from the Taliban mm. so like when they got your family basically yeah yeah so they, they, they kidnap people's families. They say, oh, if you don't do this on base, then we're going to kill all your family. Yeah, so like, it's, it's a bit of a situation, do you know I mean? So I thought, mm. oh, you can't... I, I, I Can't tire everyone with the same brush. Exactly, and yeah. I thought, my survival technique, when I was when I was living with these guys, like they lived on one side of the base, I lived on the other. It was like to be mm. as, the best like version that. of myself to them. Mm. Do you know what? I think this, it makes... Fucking fly. Um, it makes such a difference when, you, like you said, when you change that mindset about how you respond to other people. Like, because I think it, the media has a, a, a way of doing this. Do you know what I mean? The people, what people will read, you know, online or in the papers and this and that, it creates resentment for different, you know, people from different backgrounds, you know, um, or different religions and things like that. You know, like the, the who, uh, the, the terrorism and things like that, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That obviously that is things do happen, but you know but there's a lot of resentment from certain people to like muslims and things like that yeah. for just because somebody was created you know, at one point done something obviously like a ter- you know, terror attack who's muslim but they're forgetting that there's fucking how many billions of people probably like a, is like a billion people who yeah, are muslim yeah. do you know what I mean you can't yeah. put everybody under the same banner but i think that there's that kind of the media does uh put that across to um into some people doesn't it do you know what i mean it, it, yeah. it, what, it, they sell stories by driving fear and driving hatred and things like that and i think that's uh yeah i think having your approach on it is much better because it can if you give hate to somebody they're going to give it back yeah you know as a collective i remember when i was coaching so i was coaching these guys for about three or four months i never was armed when i was coaching them because i felt um, a weapon was a barrier of communication Mm -hmm. um so I was always unarmed caution, which is against policy to be fair. Mm. I thought that was better for my approach yeah. and my instruction. So I chose to be unarmed, which is a risk, but also I felt that bonding and connecting with them was more important than being armed mm. at that time, because that was essentially my survival technique. Mm. And I remember something happened on a different base and my boss basically pulled me up and said, you need to carry a weapon over there. And it made me feel, it made me feel something I've never felt for a long time. I knew it was going to impact my relationship with them yeah. and I went over with a weapon and, and these guys right, they're not educated but they're very intelligent emotionally they, yeah. can, they can read you like a book 
they said to me straight away, pointed my weapon, they were like, why are you armed? Mm. I was thinking straight away, my heart just sunk. I was like, they, they think something's up you now. Yeah. I was like, look, this is not me, this is my, I was like tapping my shoulder, I say, no, it's my, it's my boss. Mm. He's told me to bring the weapon. I, I just gave him the weapon, I gave him the pistol. I said, you can have it if you want. Yeah, yeah. It does, you're no threat to me. I just mm. took the pistol out of my holster, gave it to him. Yeah. And he was like, oh, it, it like, it, it discharged the situation yeah, completely. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to reflect on this stuff. I was thinking, Mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, I just, I, I was so in tune with them mm. as a coach, and I just as a, as a, not a friend, but as they were working side by side with us, so I knew what to do intuitively. I thought, oh, if I give them the weapon, and, mm. do you know what I mean? I'm giving them control and you know of, my, of, of my safety. That's interesting, my dad is actually because, like you said, it's the way that they picked up on that straight away. They yeah. obviously you've got the weapon. It's like. Yeah, it's, it's it is. It creates a barrier straight away. Yeah. Even if you've got a relationship with them, it's, it can, you know, potentially they're going to be going away like, fuck, you know, what they obviously don't trust us, you know, and, and then yeah, yeah. it puts them into that onto the the back foot. I know you've got to take precautions, but yeah, there does come a time where you just got to trust people and yeah. and like you said, you know, trust your intuition about people and about situations as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that feeling of um, mm-hmm. like this is where I think my strength comes from is understanding people and situations and understanding what energy I feel because mm. I wouldn't have done that if I felt the threat from, from him because I was it, so present to that point what I felt in, in on operation you're always present mm. because you need to be aware of everything that's going on you, you're doing a job which is dangerous and you're not worrying essentially about mediocre stuff that, that I would worry about in this environment yeah. you're always focused and you're always on, on, your, on your best on your you play your best card basically all the time you yeah. need to be so when I I was bringing 100% of myself to every situation which so, so I was getting obviously the 100% results back because I was investing all my energy into my into people yeah and they were giving me 100% back there was nothing like I wouldn't turn up half half ass and I wouldn't get half ass results yeah I suppose you can't do that in the military especially <laughs> when you're in Afghanistan I think you've got, you've got to turn yeah, up haven't you, you, you turn up you turn up um, well, well, we, we kind of talked about this earlier on well, we, when we were messaging before coming here, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, about uh, ownership. So I know you said you've you've come out, you've read um, Extreme Ownership yeah. by Jocko Willink, and you know you talked about the you know your time in the military. You said you kind of you naturally adapted to the concept of taking ownership of a, a situation, and I suppose like that's what what you said with there about a hundred percent being invested, you know, in in the situations that you're in and and turning up one hundred percent. That in itself is is taking ownership, isn't it? You know, of your life and of situations. Um, how do you feel that that? Did, do you think the the concept of ownership is something that you like adopted since the military, or do you think it was something like you were consciously doing when you were there? Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the military will um, hold you to account on every single level. So okay. if your pocket is undone, your buttons undone, your pocket, mm. you get disciplined for. Okay. So it, it's attention to detail mm. to like times a thousand but that, that that then seeps into all of your life mm. so like i make sure all my kits packed i got everything i need M- my ammunition's all counted my, my gun is clean mm. my weapons oiled i know the mission i know what we're trying to achieve i know all my teammates roles i know how i can communicate with people in my team yeah if i want external sources i know how to get them through different communication channels if i need like air support or if i need medic or i just know the plan so so intensely that I get, we always get the results that we want. We can't, uh, you can't, they say in the military, no plan survives first contact. 
that means that when you have a plan you go out mm. and everything breaks loose and you get you get shot at yeah they survive no plans no plan survives first contact but what it does survive the mission survives mm. so you always replan but say we have a life mission to intend to do the best every day yeah the plan will change all the time to but get the, to the that mission same. stays the, the same, mission yeah. stays the same yeah yeah okay that makes sense yeah yeah no i, I I when when I listened to the uh, to his to his book Jocko Willink, you know, it it was obviously some of it is like slightly you know jaded from the truth because he needed to do that and need to think, but it it just it goes to show like you said, but there no matter what the plan is, you know, what I mean your mission is obviously like I don't know take over the you know the city or take the control of the you know the city from uh, you know from the insurgents or whatever, but the the goals and the, the plan they've got to be adaptive and they've got to be yeah. you, and it's the same with life as well. You've yeah. got to be you know we've all got. 2020 is a prime example of this you know yeah. 2020 people had plans to get married people had plans to go on holiday people had plans to i don't know set up a business whatever it is you mean have a kid you know everybody had these plans in their mind about what they wanted to do and then all of a sudden boom 2020 comes mm. and half of that is gone out the window do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like I, I remember i wrote goals um with some of the guys from ideas and beers back in december and we all kind of did said what we were going to be you know held accountable for and what we were going to do this year uh and i've i looked at him the other days that happens <laughs> and you know, i haven't done any of them you know it's, yeah. and, and, and what's interesting is it's completely changed you know the stuff that i'm doing now because my mindset has changed yeah. my goals have completely changed and i have accomplished a few of the things that i've set but a lot of them are in you know, the things that i've accomplished are in a totally different direction now yeah and i think being open to change and adaptive to change and just going with the natural flow of things is like it's absolutely key because you can't always plan ahead you know it's um if you're if you're always thinking in the future like that's the a breeding ground for anxiety yeah. you know it's uh, i was saying to somebody about the other day you can have anxiety about things that you're scared of you know which are about to happen and things but you can also get anxiety just by you know knowing that you're going on holiday in a couple of months time and not remaining present in the moments because you're constantly thinking about you know what you're gonna what you need to buy for your holiday or you know how much of a good time you're gonna have and you, you know your mind is set in a you know at a point in the future which doesn't exist yet exactly it's an illusion it's an, yeah, yeah it's an illusion yeah. but you know and you're even though it's a positive thing it's a positive experience that you're a little bit excited for it's it can still cause anxiety you know what i mean because yeah. you're anxious about something that's not coming you know that isn't there yet yeah, yeah. Um, not all the cases do you know what i mean but it's just i think yeah t- taking a taking a different look at that and just thinking you know what it is what it is i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wait and see what happens you yeah. know i'd like to do x y and z and when i'd like to get this house next year but we're gonna see what happens do you know mm. what i mean you can aim for it you can work for it but you can't always dictate what's gonna happen realistically it's like victor yeah. frankl you know you, you, so as can't control every situation all you can do is control how you feel about it you yeah, know yeah, and, what, yeah. and what and what lesson you take from it exactly yeah this i think thinking forward is like a state of anxiety and thinking backwards is a state depression. of depression mm-hmm. yeah, if you heard that before yeah. you are right um like anxiety is a strange one i think i have i think a lot of people live in a state of anxiety and managing that anxiety i've just read i'm reading a book at the moment anxiety is a messenger mm. and um that teaches you to um, take a different approach to anxiety and think that anxiety is helping you okay. rather than hindering you. That's good. So yeah. like you, uh, you interpret your anxiety and everyone's got a inner voice that they would listen to for guidance. And that anxiety can sometimes be the right guidance. Mm. It's, it's maybe you're walking physically in the wrong direction. That anxiety is like, look, you need to check your 
check your bear in you and do yeah, a little yeah. compass check and then but you think that that's anxiety because what you're doing is wrong nothing's wrong or right it's just because you need to have a look at what you're doing potentially cl- a bit closer and then replan something mm. and maybe when you listen sometimes if you listen to anxiety maybe it'll give you approval that it's not bad do you know what I mean yeah no do you know what? I love that right because it's something something that I've recently did myself not so much with anxiety but like j- just if I feel out of balance in general you know if if I'm uh, if things are going wrong if I feel a bit stressed or feel a bit like you know j- just a little bit weird I, I think pe- you know people you know, now and again, if you're in tune with your emotions and stuff like that, you can't. You, you normally start to realize. Do you know what? I feel a little bit like I don't. I don't feel right to them. It's something yeah. you can't. You know, you don't feel necessarily anxious, but you just feel a bit like, you know, what's going on? That's a skill. Yeah, it, it's and and do you know what? It's like you said. It's when you have those moments when you realize you are anxious or you're depressed or you've got or, or like you're just generally unaligned and out of balance. It, it's usually like you said a, a sign from the universe or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's you need to change course you need to you know to do something to correct that course and to get back on track yeah um and that's why i think self-reflection is one of the key things we've talked about journaling yeah yeah, yeah. so journaling is obviously well if, i don't know if you want to tell like talk about what, what your experience with journaling because you yeah. did it for about a year flat out so said, um on upon so i left the military with the diagnosis of ptsd um not my choice just an, it's just an accumulation of experiences mm. throughout my time in the in military two tours Afghanistan it's quite pretty intense you come back you don't know uh, you don't really know what you've experienced and how to deal with it sometimes you don't even know it's an issue until you really have a lot of time mm-hmm. on your own or you see your behaviours changing very very like your behaviours will start going off off a Richter or you'll start being anxious depressed you start doing drugs like I was doing drugs drinking um, being angry all the time do you want your emotions are way off key so I basically I had to go to rehab, drug mm. rehab. After after I came out of the military, I spent probably about two years in addiction uh, to drugs, um, and they really felt the reason I went to rehab is I listened to my anxiety. I thought, oh, like I, it's not, this is not, this is not my life. Mm. I spent so much time feeling successful in the army, and when I came out of the army, I felt like I lost everything. My whole construct of my life just fell apart. But that's just a visual. That's just my mind, though, isn't it? Thinking, oh my god, my life is like this, and now it's like this. But I have to replan, reassess, and then execute a different idea that I mm. would have had. So now I'm not in the military anymore. I have to accept that. I need to now attack that the fact that I'm addicted to drugs and depressed, and I felt terrible every day. I just felt depressed every day. So the best way to do that was to get some professional help. If I want to get clean, go to a, go to a rehab. If I want to become a boxer, get a boxing coach. If I want to become a runner get running courses the same you need people around you who've got this expertise to then enable you to grow and, and develop and evolve into someone who you want to be I didn't want to be a drug addict mm. and I'm not a drug, drug addict anymore so essentially I've achieved yeah. that part of my life um, <laughs> yeah. and what, 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 what point do you like you know so when you said you come out of the military what point did you think um, I need to you know I need, I need to do something about this like in terms of like in terms of the drugs or in terms of like how, you know how, when you felt depressed what point did you think shit I'm in a really bad place for you do you know what I mean or, or like or, or this you know the drug taking is problematic what what was the realisation do you know what I mean yeah. this is quite a, this is good because a lot of people are crafty with their thinking right mm. you're you self-sabotage everything you do if you're in pain but 
your mind will tell you you're not self-sabotaging mm. it's for the right reasons you enjoy taking drugs you enjoy drinking you enjoy gambling yeah. you enjoy cheating on your partner you enjoy doing all this stuff which is completely counter- counterproductive or counterintuitive to what you believe in yeah yeah um and um when i was really t- getting to the point where i was like i can't stop doing this like i physically couldn't deny i couldn't deny it anymore i couldn't say to myself well, i'm doing this because i enjoy it or it's make me feel better mm. I, like i couldn't um i couldn't stop doing it basically so i come to a point where i was like oh i need to stop now mm. and i couldn't physically do it yeah was, like hiding all my bank cards giving my giving all my pay to my mother mm. um and i was like then going taking loans out and getting them sent to a different bank account I was like this is insanity yeah, yeah. so like, I couldn't get around accepting I was an addict and as soon as I thought the penny dropped I thought this is me now yeah. I'm stuck like this it's scary then to accept I looked in the, I looked in the mirror and thought you, 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 the game's up you need to get some help so the fear of uh, the fear of accepting that was probably more more painful than the thought of actually going through the process of the change and i think that's when you make that shift between that isn't it like that you know the the actual staying like that or or like obviously what the eventuality would have been which is getting worse and things like that is uh you know when you outweigh that outweighs like you said going through like what you know rehab or actually speaking to somebody and stuff like that and going through the process of uh, getting through it i think making that shift is the is the key definitely yeah i on radical levels of honesty got me to mm. where i am now i had to be honest about what i was doing what i was thinking how i was feeling who who i needed around mm. me to help me so i just said my my family basically paid for me to go to a private rehab yeah, so yeah. very grateful for them like mm. they pretty much saved my life um i didn't have no money i spent it all on drugs um i don't know i didn't really know what to do or how how, to, how i was going to get out of it i thought last time that I I made a change to improve my life, my life. I left Port Albert and joined the army. Mm. Now I'm back in Port Albert. I'm having another issue, mm. which is obviously related to the way I felt from leaving the military and all my PTSD and stuff. Mm. So I had to leave Port Albert and go to Liverpool. Then. Yeah. I was living in Liverpool for six months and I done the three month, uh, I completed a three month residential rehab mm. um, called Tom Harrison House and they're amazing what they do up there. Mm. The stuff that I like, the way I changed, phys- like mentally, I just can't express the power of 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 acceptance and the power of honesty. Um, how much it, it it helped me, and when I got into journaling, and when I was, so when I got into rehab, I thought, right, who am I now? What's mm. going on? I'm not like, am I a different type of person now? Because I'm now sober, I'm now clean. Yeah. Um. I was questioning my character, questioning my personality, like my person, my personal reality was different. I didn't know, like, I was having all these like big questions coming up and I was like, right, all I need to do is focus on the next 24 hours and just make sure I, I look after myself and I give myself the respect and love that I, that I haven't been giving myself for years and probably never even knew how to anyway. Mm. So then I started looking at on the internet at like people like Joe Garber made he's like an addiction coach from from mm. canada he's like a doctor a scientist no, I haven't so all possibly. these people right who, who, who their life's work is to get people in yeah. a better space they started looking into like david goggins mm-hmm. read his book yeah dr george spencer read his book um and then wim hof like mm. these are early stages in rehab but i was like researching these people thinking i need a bit of this yeah. i need this in my life <laughs> to improve my life because i thought they've got something i haven't got 
I want to copy these people mm. and mirror their behaviour so I feel and I achieve something they have got. They're, they're all on to something. Yeah, they're yeah. Me. They are, you know. Joe, Joe, yeah. uh, Joe Rogan was a big influence for me um, yeah. because he introduced me, to, I think, to David Goggins. You know, when David Goggins went on the podcast, I think that was the first time I came across him. You know, David Goggins, massive influence on me in terms of the, the stuff that I've done since mm. and my mindset. Um, and uh, what was the other one? He said Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Wim Hof is great. You know, he, I love that kind of shit. Like obviously the the, the sea depths in there. Do you, yeah, know yeah, yeah. you know he he's on to something. And I don't know. Did you see the? Um, maybe you tagged me in it. The BBC thing the other day about cold water swimmers. The, uh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, obviously that's um, you know they've they've discovered now pretty much like you know, the doctors discovered that cold water swimmers. You know, for the people listening, I don't know you come across it, but. Um, Cold water swimmers, are, it produces, they, they produce a different type of protein, I think it is, that's uh, actually not regenerative, it, it, it reduces your chances of uh, progression to dementia, I believe, mm. or it slows the progression to dementia by, you know, at least, you know, a couple of years or something like that in some of these petite people, you know, and that's what it's associated with. So I know they're trying to find a drug now that can replicate you know that particular protein um production in people so that they don't need to go into cold water you know what i mean because obviously <laughs> for people who are in it, it yeah you know people in their 50s and 60s <laughs> and stuff like that i think it's i don't know i th- I, th- I understand i do understand why they're uh, they go for the drug like you know, i think yeah. if you're young and you're healthy you know going in cold water is yeah. unbelievable for yeah. you you know for your mindset as well as obviously you know your body and i think they're going to find more different benefits you know as yeah. you go along like what wim hof has found but yeah, I think you know it'll be interesting to see you know if they can get that drug you know because to slow the you know the, the progression of dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff yeah. through that would be incredible. It's a massive um, prop positive, but it also does not shine a light on the the, the actions you can take now mm. to yeah. to build the proteins up when you want to get to that age. Then you've got the knowledge mm. and the behaviour and the mindset to to make these decisions every day mm. to then empower your body. Like this stuff is doing. Me and you going in the sea every day. It's doing things that we can't even see to us. 100%. So mm. what we can feel now, we feel great. We've both been in the sea today. Mm. We feel good because we've been in the sea. But our body also is now feeling good because it's starting to regenerate itself. It's getting these proteins yeah, yeah. inside us. And it's going to benefit us, benefit us in 40 years' time. I'm oh, happy yeah. to make an investment in myself if in 40 years I'm going to feel better. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the, have you seen uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick on Joe Rogan's podcast? Yeah, I haven't. No. I'll send you that, right? There's a, she's been on there about five times, to be honest. They're about three hours long each. But there's like, you know, there's a smaller clip, which is about 16 minutes long, which is the benefits of the sauna. And she talks about the benefits. She's, she's unbelievable. She's like an immunologist and, mm. you know, she does a few other things. But... Uh, you know, she talks about what the you know the sauna, the effect it has on the body in terms of heat shock proteins and things. But I was reading something the other day, and heat shock proteins can be produced from cold therapy as well. So apparently, I've only read a little bit, a little section on this. So you know, anyone who knows more about this, listening, might give me shit. But um, you know, from what I understand of it, is that the heat shock proteins that you can produce from heat, you know, from heat or from cold, cold therapy as well. Yeah. It binds with other proteins that you've got in your body, and I think it helps with the distribution of those proteins to where the, where they need to go. From yeah. that, that's what I've got my understanding of it. But um, it's definitely worth uh, having a look. I'll post the link somewhere online as well, or if people are listening, type in Joe Rogan, you know, Doctor Rhonda Patrick, you know, sauna benefits because it is amazing. And that's what that's what he talks about as well. He talks about the benefits um, in I think it was the Finnish Finnish people. So people, they did like a 40-year study or something like that. It was like a long-ass study. 
but they did one on uh, people who would use the sauna on average uh, four times a week for about 20 minutes per session and then you know people who just didn't do you know what I mean they're from the same area same sort of background and things like that obviously you can't there's a lot of different variables yeah. involved in that but you know typically the people who were using the fauna four times a week 20 minutes per session they had a 40% decrease in all causes of mortality in comparison to the people who weren't doing the sauna every day so 40% okay. decrease in all causes of mortality um, you know they couldn't I don't think they're it's not like a published published study it's just a study that they've run mm. you know and they've published those results in whatever journal and you know, and things like that but it's not like a it's not like a right this is a hundred percent solid evidence that the sauna is unbelievably good for you it's because obviously there's so many different variables yeah, yeah. but uh it was a very interesting concept and i think a, a lot of it comes down to um that you know i i potentially i think the you know the heat shock proteins that you can produce from whole cold therapy or hot heat therapy yeah and uh i think it's something to do with like white, white blood cells as well yeah right yeah, yeah in Wim think... Hof's book. he says basically you're changing your physiological state which then is allowing the body to change its own state Mm. at different points so at different ends of the scale like hot and cold the body needs to operate a different um operate differently at those temperatures so mm. then when you're doing that you're, you're putting the, you're putting stresses on the body so it has to create these proteins and these um cells to then um enable it to operate at a different functionality i mean function different which then allows you to be healthier yeah 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 he's he's Wim Hof is just bonkers, you know. I love him, you know, because he's uh, he's very he's very authentic as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the way you know the way he talks and stuff. He's just he's just you know he's a bonkers guy. But like this, he is on the stuff, and that's what I love. Yeah. Right, I love stories like that. You know, he was seen as crazy by so many people for so long for the stuff he's done, and then all of a sudden, you know, Harvard started doing research on you know him and his ability to like you said change his physiology through uh, either interaction with the cold or, or primarily through the, the breath and through his mind yeah um and the stuff that he has done is just incredible like yeah. for the people listening i think you know it's worth checking out the vice documentary of him um and just looking at his accolades as well the stuff that he's done you know he climbed everest <laughs> in shorts <laughs> yeah, yeah in shorts with no oxygen yeah you know he uh what did he do he ran a half marathon I think he ran a half marathon through a desert or marathon through a desert, one of the two, but with only like 200 mil of water. Yeah, it's like the stuff he's done is just unbelievable. Yeah. And I think it goes to show that we are so much more capable of doing this amazing stuff than we first realised, you know what I mean? It yeah. does, uh, yeah, we, we, we're kind of almost taught by society that, you know, if you've, got a, if you've got an issue with your health, go to the doctor. Okay, yeah, that, that is right. Hmm. But we look for a magic pill rather than think, you know, give, give our body the chance to actually think, right, let, let's, let, what, what can my body do in this situation to, yeah. to make things go away? I'm reading a book, um, How Your Body Can Heal Your... No, How Your Mind Can Heal Your Body by David Hamilton. Yeah. Really interesting book. I'll, I'll lend that to you, actually, if you want uh, yeah, after yeah. that. Because it's, um, it's easy to digest, you know, small sections, but he basically talks about the mind and the mind's effect on various different diseases as well as like you know the placebo effect and he talks quite in depth about the placebo effect and it's, it's quite it's startling to be honest man, yeah. how much the placebo effect has an effect on the effectiveness of different drugs yeah like growth, growth hormone somebody took a growth hormone um you know they, they obviously registered the you know the how much they grew from it whatever and stuff like that but they, they reg registered the effectiveness 
Uh, but then they did a study on people who were thought they were get, getting given a whole growth hormone, but it wasn't. It was just a placebo, and there was no difference. But mm. then if they had given the growth hormone once, and then they give them a placebo thereafterwards, they would actually, I think it was pretty much the exact same rate of you know, continued growth and effectiveness of the placebo yeah. as, the one, the, as the person who was actually receiving the, the growth hormone. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the rate of difference was only about probably 10% difference or, or whatever. Like it's crazy how much effect that, that the mind has on, on, heal, on healing the body or you know, having different physiological effects, yeah. like if you believe that that's what you're receiving yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. It's, it's if you, um, if, have you read anything about Dr. Joe Dispenza? I've, um, I've heard of him and I've come across him a couple of times, but I've never really looked into him. So that, what you're just saying there, so Dr. Joe Dispenza, he was on a triathlon. Fun enough, he, did, he is, he has the, on the front of that book, I was just reading. Uh, is on he on the, it? He's, yeah, he's done an, um, you know, like a quote about the book yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's on that, Zams. Sorry. He was no. on a triathlon and um, he, he, he basically got hit by a vehicle and he mm. broke the bottom four vertebrae in his back. Mm. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a chiropractor, so he's like an, he's an expert on, on, bat, on, on his own spine, basically. Mm. So he went away and um, they, he, he seen the four or five top surgeons in, 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 in his country and they were like, this is not gonna, you're not gonna be able to walk again, basically. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I don't believe that's true. He refused all surgery for mm -hmm. his back and then he laid on his front for, for months and months and meditated mm -hmm. on the fact that, that he meditated on his back's own reconstruction. Okay. So every day he would um, meditate and visualize each vertebrae of his back and reconstruct it like mm. he learned in his in his um, yeah. training and within about three or four months I think he was able to move his lower legs and then eventually was able to walk and then they x-rayed his back and all his spine was healed without surgery ooh that's crazy that's that and it, 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 like if that's not enough evidence yeah, to suggest yeah. that with the right visualisation right belief and the right intention and like the right energy you can achieve anything really with the body. It's like th this is the computer which challenges the construction of the body. I'm not saying that anyone can achieve that. Yeah, yeah. But like he's got that in depth knowledge of the spine, and he was able to map basically what mm. he wanted to achieve with his own with his own healing. And he, he's he's uh, evidence that, that the mind is very powerful. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to look into him a lot more. <laughs> actually, I love that kind yeah. of stuff. See, yeah. You do you do hear about stories like that, though, don't you? Yeah. Know, where people don't accept that what they're being given or they're, they're told they've got or whatever is you know they don't accept it and they're just like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna accept this for what it is i want to move past it like yeah. um so, something i had an issue i had a couple of years ago i think it was when i when i went vegan i don't know if it was directly related to that but i was on a higher fiber diet so it could have been um but i developed uh, ibs mm -hmm. so i was like you know like I, I pretty much knew that. I self-diagnosed myself, but I did go to the doctors and he was like, you know, he said, he was like, why have you even come here? He's like, you've just told me what you've got. He was like, and I was like, okay, I just wanted clarity on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I said, like, you know, what, well, what's the next move? And he was like, oh, well, you know, you've pretty much got that now. So, you know, I'll give you, it and give you peppermint tablets, which help with this and that or whatever. And I was kind of like, well, I've never had this before. Mm. I, you know, I've had it for a couple of months now and it's affected me. And I'm like, I don't want to accept the fact that you know that it that's just it that I've, I've got it for for good so yeah. i just started looking into it i thought well okay what what can i do here you know i can uh hang on let that go past <laughs> every time every time i do it um you know but uh i didn't want to accept the fact that i had it and i thought right well what, what can i look at here so i got um 
something called Tumbiotics by Quest. I think it's the same company. Oh, okay. They're Tom Bailu, but yeah. Bailu, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, Tom B. Like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Tom B. Uh, Impact Theory. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's his company, and they basically they build up the microbial count in the stomach, which are essentially a protective bacteria. They're almost like the security guards of your gut, you know. So if you are eating something and, you know, you have an allergic reaction, to my understanding of it, uh, you know, it's you know your microbiome which are going oh hang on we don't fucking like this and then they send yeah. like messages to the nervous system or whatever which is what when you have that kind of allergic reaction but uh likewise it, you know it's what can if you know if you eat something and they don't agree with it, it can turn to make your stomach bad and things like that i think it's they're essentially they are bodyguards for your stomach but we don't have enough healthy like interaction with bacteria now because yeah. you know all of the food that we've got is not organic or not most of it's not organic um, so we haven't got like a healthy increase of this bacteria or interaction with bank bacteria. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the food we've got is generally lower in it. From my understanding, again, I'm not fucking clued up on this too much, but <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because you, we, we, my, I, essentially, what I think what had happened is that because I changed my diet quite drastically from you know going and eating meat and all this different mm. stuff, and then all of a sudden I'm eating purely you know um, plant based stuff for the most part. I was my body it was a big change yeah so i was having issues like anything that i anytime i'd have beer like i wouldn't be able, be able to drink this okay. uh, you know um, back when i had it because my stomach would just bloat up and it was horrific like you know yeah. i couldn't go for a night out i'd have to just go home after a couple of hours because oh, my okay. stomach would be thing but anyway i got these tumbiotics they increased the microbiome count i did it for two or three months and the severity of the symptoms was going down but then i switched then after that to digestive enzymes and they essentially help with the distribution of whatever you're consuming to different parts of your body from my understanding and i've had no issues since nothing you know it's very very rare that i'll have an issue with my stomach now um just based on doing that you know and i'll I'll take probiotics quite often as well yeah it's just you know and i think that that is something that a doctor had said to me like oh yeah once you've got it you've got it where i was i was like no i'm not i'm not happy with that i don't accept it and I've got through that now and my lease of life is so much better. I can actually go out and have a couple of pints and things and I am gonna worry, you know, yeah. about my stomach. So you just what you've just done basically was highlighted a growth mindset. Mm. Like me and you have got growth mindsets because we we take from a situation what we the, the information we give them, then we empower ourselves by thinking, Okay, if I speak to a thousand people with IBS, maybe they've got different tactics mm-hmm. which I can which I can use to help myself mm-hmm. overcome or remediate use some come to some some sort of solution with this exactly what happened to me when i was like okay so now I, i'm an addict am i mm. okay i'm gonna find all the information that's out there because we can just look on our phones now and look at probably a, a million different web pages a day mm. on on how to empower yourself in with a, a diagnosis or anything if someone Even if it's a story as yeah, well yeah. or an experience yeah an experience okay, how do i get somebody. how do i conquer this or how do I get through this experience? Is anyone who's um, been feeling like this and now is feeling like this? Is that the way people watch these watch and listen to these conversations mm. to get some relative relativity with something we say and maybe that, that can help them in their life? Mm. And that's why that's why I, your podcast caught my attention initially because I was like, okay, this guy's sharing and having conversations which can help people, mm. and I think that's really important day to day is people need to um, connect or just um, saturate themselves basically with the people that, that resonate with them the most 
find people who you are interested in who, who empower you and have got good, good interest and, and positive information and just and just become fans of them and just like mm-hmm. and support them basically yeah, yeah. And, and read their books and listen to their conversations and just whatever they do in their life which is working for them it can also work for you and if you enjoy you doing what they, they do it like we enjoy jumping in the sea and it makes us feel better and it's obviously got the health benefits attached to it so that's, that's a, lot, a lot of people don't understand that either like, no, I don't no. think, uh, a lot of people don't get the whole sea dipping thing but no. obviously like you, when you've done it like you said it's you understand the benefits of it and you can go yeah. actually fuck yeah you know this is I, this is really really good you see the value in it yeah yeah 100% I um I'm trying to think when I when I first went in there. I'm trying to think why I even went in to see it. So the cold shower, <laughs> the cold showers, I've been doing it for two years. Yeah, yeah. And um, exposing myself to to cold and um, so that it's just a it's just a progression. It's my mate, one of my mates, Jack Sudale. Him, hmm. he was like, come up, do you want to come up the res, Mag and res? And I was hmm. like, oh, it's a different ball game jumping in in cold, um, in the reservoirs in the sea. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's a different, completely different feeling when you're out in nature and exposed to the elements mm. uh, in, it's, it, you can still get the benefits from a cold shower but what's better than going out with a friend or with friends and, and jumping in in cold water together because <laughs> it like brings it's like a brings it's like a unity sort of vibe isn't it? yeah 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 it brings yeah. you together and you're both achieving you're both conquering some sort of uh, unwillingness to, to do that task you're like mm, you could easily be influenced there to be like oh should we just should we just not do this today? Mm. So when you feel like that, and yeah. then someone's like, "No, actually, we're going in." You're like, "Oh, okay then." Yeah. Then you go in, come out, and you're like, "Oh, I'm glad now I didn't uh, cave." It, it is. You're overcoming. Like, <laughs> you're overcoming that little obstacle, and, you, you, yeah. and the obstacle is your mind and how you, you know, yeah. and your your pre- predominant thought beforehand, which is like, "Oh, this is going to be cold. This is going to be hard. This is going to be." You know, I'm gonna get sandy. I'm gonna get whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? You get yeah. like it's that get once you overcome it. Like you said, when you're with somebody else as well, you know, you ha- you're more likely to have you know like a really good conversation with this person. Do you know I mean you're not gonna be talking about like the football when you're in you know <laughs> when you're in the fucking cold yeah. water? Yeah, you're gonna be you know you might not be talking at all, or if you are, you're gonna be you you'd be talking to try and talk yourselves out of the the cold. But when you get out, you probably have you know a really good conversation yeah. about just life and things like that. I think you do you you know. You are you're a lot more in tune with your nature, your natural, you know, your, prim- your primitive being essentially. And you know, yeah, yeah. our like inner ape. You know, you're a lot yeah. closer to that. I think when you're uh, when you're going out in the natural elements, like I think uh, going like, going running in nature. Do you know what I mean? You're running in nature versus running around the streets is it's so much so much difference, isn't it? You, yeah, you yeah. feel a lot better for it. You feel a lot calmer. I think you generally I have like a, a better run when I've done it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just something about being in the natural elements it does it uh, it yeah. does change your mindset society sort of taken away a lot of our basic human qualities which are like hunting navigating mm. um, being out in the elements all the time yeah, yeah. Um, we become comfortable and the comfort essentially will eventually kill you off because yeah. the body needs to be challenged and inspired and stressed in order to for it to grow like we mm. we are meant to to be tactical and uh, and intellectual we were meant to be challenged all the time we were not like this society is just a construct basically but how we mapped out to live is very different isn't it that's mm. why the benefits are so powerful when we do these things which involve the, yeah, yeah. the elements of the world essentially like the, the fresh air mm. water and you challenge yourself when you challenge yourself you funny enough you feel good uh, there was something i was reading as well um, 
I was it was an article, so you know it was they did studies in Japan. Um, I don't know if I sent you the articles. This it's about forest bathing. They call it right. So they took people. Pardon me. They took people out to uh, like forests for a couple of days or whatever, and they uh they, they basically you know they, they measured their uh, their blood levels or you know, they took blood samples before and during and afterwards mm-hmm. and stuff and they had like lower blood pressure and all this different stuff like you know, it was good few metrics uh that you know that showed essentially they were much healthier they were you know less likely to have you know have any kind of heart problems and things mm-hmm. like that but you know just based on having that sort of interaction with the with nature yeah. on a regular basis but one of the other things I found really interesting is like the they talk, it talked about awe so sense of awe so when you look up at like a really big tree or you look out at the ocean you know or especially when it's stormy mm-hmm. and you're seeing you know you know that that is like if you jump in that water now it's going to kill you or potentially going to kill you and the you get the sense of awe after a couple of minutes of looking at it yeah. what they said is after about 90 seconds of looking at like looking up at a big tree or something like that you get the sense of awe you're more likely then if you've done that you're more likely to go off and help somebody mm. you know and, and you know just like whether it's somebody who's homeless you go and buy them food and a coffee or something you're more likely to do that than somebody who's stood there looking up at a really big building for the same amount of time oh, okay yeah yeah and i, I just think it's interesting that you know they're two magnif- 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 magnificent structures or whatever by all yeah. accounts but uh the way our brains are wired to you know to, to, if it's natural you know it's, it's just more aligned with who we are do you yeah. know, in terms it's of a positive calibration not, isn't it yeah so we're not supposed to be in cities and fucking natural you're, you're recalibrating your 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 energy is that right so you re- yeah, yeah. recalibrate your energy to align with what we have made of from mm. this from this earth and we find n- the natural elements inspiring and or inducing yeah i want to be yeah. buried under a tree <laughs> like, that's what i've said i'm like look fuck the casket off just put me under a tree do you know what i mean yeah, i'll be yeah. happy <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh one of the things talking about energy but they're actually um meditation so you're talking about we're talking about journaling you did, did journaling um but you said you did meditation like flat out twice twice a day for yeah. a year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for an hour either side of the day. Yeah. How did you find that was like you know like obviously how 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 have you found meditation in general? Very very powerful. Um, so my first experience of meditation, I couldn't me- I couldn't sit still. When I first got into rehab and we had um, mindfulness lessons and meditation mm. practices, I was just like I can't do this. Mm. Why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. Why am I sitting still? And naturally, my mind is in the physical. Like I need to be, uh, uh, mm. I need to be doing something all the time. It's just counter. It's just counterintuitive. You sit down with yourself. I didn't want to look at myself. You know, when you're meditating, you have to be with your thoughts, yeah. feelings. You have to face yourself in the mirror. You're looking in the mirror, but you just can't see yourself. You can feel and think everything you want. And um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to see what. I didn't want to feel and see what I'd been avoiding. So initially it was very painful and very difficult and I, I was trying to discredit meditation as if to say nah it doesn't work for me mm. and I barely even touch the sides with it so that's my defence coming up because my emotions didn't want to rise yeah, I was yeah. like no no cut it off don't do it don't do it Al I mean it's not worth it it doesn't mm. work People will happily say something doesn't work when they never they don't they don't understand it. I've said, yeah, do you know a lot of people I've had that from a lot of people yeah, that they don't yeah. get it, and I'm, I I have wondered that like how yeah. much have you tried it because I haven't I I used to say like oh, I don't really find it that good, but like it was only when I 
started getting into it a bit more yeah. you know i had one or two experiences where i was like fuck i went really like deep into that then like i well, yeah. you know, it was like i I was in. I was somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? You kind of yeah. come back and you're a bit like, oof. You haven't fallen asleep, but you're a bit like dissociated for a couple of seconds until yeah, you kind of yeah, come yeah. back to reality. Yeah. And I think that's when you get into a really deep meditative state, and that's yeah. where you know you're delving into your subconscious almost, and you to start yeah. kind of you know not so much righting wrongs, but you you know you start to make sense of things in a different way. I'd imagine. Yeah. So I, I um, there's an app called Headspace. I'd really mm. encourage everyone to get involved with that that's where I started my journey apart from being taught physically how to meditate and um, because even though you're sitting still you still need guidance because it's so it's such a like an intimate practice um, it's not just about um, ignoring thoughts or it's not just about it's just about highlighting it's about noticing meditation is yeah. noticing how you feel and how you think but not ignoring it just like noticing from a from a third point like from a third person perspective and that's the power see, of not being involved then in the way you feel and think. You could just notice, oh, I'm thinking this, it's just a thought, and then let it go. But the moment you become that thought, then you start creating an emotion, and then it becomes an experience. But when you step back in meditation and think, so you're looking at a showreel of things you think and feel, and it's just a showreel. You just sat in your chair, mm-hmm. witnessing. You're a witness to, to, to life. You're a witness to your, your thoughts and feelings, and... You need to stay the witness to not become the aggressor or the mm. defender or the the person experiencing yeah, it. Really, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can choose your experiences. Then, like, I go, I even now throughout the day, I get triggered by different things. But I know when I get triggered, and I can question the depth of the trigger. Mm. Is this something that I'm insecure about? Is this something that I'm scared of? Is this something I'm worried about? Mm. Is it just me? Not like I need to know why I'm feeling emotionally pulled by something that someone says or if I witness something I could be like mm, I didn't like that yeah, yeah then yeah. I question myself then because it's me no one's creating that that person's not creating that it's me I'm I'm in charge of that hmm. so what I'm witnessing is provoking something in me I'm it's like a, a reaction with inside me hmm. so like say now someone's doing something really ridiculous here and it's triggering us hmm. that's something we need to look at because they just be themselves or something it's not about them yeah it's, it's not you, about them do you know about dr you. phil have you seen dr phil the guy in america the talk show guy yeah yeah, talk oh, show yeah, guy, yeah. Right? so he it was his i had this really interesting thing that i um he was on joe rogan actually and i watched uh, that podcast and at one point he says that his father was like a behavioral psychologist or something like that anyway and he is as well i think but you know what, what he, he he said he always remembers his father said to him at one point you know, he was looking at, they were in a cafe or whatever, and there was somebody, the, um, the other side of the cafe, he said, there's something about that person I don't like in myself, right? Mm-hmm. He, 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 you know, he was like, you know, what, whether he knew the person or not, he said, there's something about in that person I don't like about myself, and I find that really interesting, because yeah. since that, I've understood things at a deeper level, and I've, I've almost, when I've seen somebody who's got a conflict, like I haven't got a conflict with anybody, you know, when, but when I've seen somebody who's got a conflict with someone else, yeah, you know, even if it's like jealousy or if it's, um, you know, or if it's an actual like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, they're arguing and they're you know, throwing things back at one another and stuff. I kind of, I look at that objectively and I go, you two are actually very similar. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, you can see that there are similarities and a lot of it is like, you know, our subconscious is something that we don't like within ourselves that we are projecting outwards, yeah. you know, and that can cause, like I said, an argument or 
distress, jealousy, bitterness, whatever it is. And yeah. I think it's when, whenever you feel that emotion towards somebody, it's good to, you know, again, it comes into like a growth mindset, but it's like taking a step back and thinking, what's the lesson for me to learn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I need to yeah. do in this situation to become better? Yeah. I, you know, I've done this recently myself. You know, I was, uh, I was externalizing stuff. You know, I wasn't taking full ownership, obviously. Mm. Like, you know, I, I was, I was thinking back to it. I'm like, you need to take fucking ownership of this. Yeah, do you yeah. mean? Um, you know, I wasn't taking full ownership and I was externalizing something and I thought, well, no, hang on. It's not this person. No. You know, they, they've got a part to play, but it's how you're, re- you're receiving it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, how I respond in a situation yeah. and how I feel about it dictates the outcome, exactly. you know, to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, meditation, I think going back to that, I think it does, it definitely gives you more of an insight it gives you the chance to look at things in a different light i think um to reflect on what's going on in your life and think yeah do you know what like these situations are they're unfavorable sometimes like the stuff with my job recently right like i'll mention that just because it's recent obviously if i think you know last day yesterday uh you know for my job um you know i didn't like it for a long time to a certain degree what i was doing but taking a step back and reflecting on that, you know, I could have gone one or two ways. I could have either gone, right, look, you know, there's aspects of this job that, I, you know, you don't like, but you could probably get over that, you know, mm-hmm. in the name of having an income. Or you could go, well, actually, I don't want to be putting up with these situations and just sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually move on and do something else. Like you can go two ways, but I think meditation, slowing things down in general, which is the principle yeah. behind meditation isn't it that helped me to have that realization yeah i just want to highlight this very courageous what you've done and it's like a massive uh, personal and external form of leadership because uh, not enough people will uh, like validate their life to a point where they're like i need to change my career mm. it's not a career in already it's just your life mission is that the right statement mm. it's like you can't call it Definitely. a career because you can you can make anything out of it now it's yeah. like more of a lifestyle and a life mission isn't it yeah do you know i've said i've said this to people as well you know like my father for example you know they they understand to a certain degree but they're not like they, and they are supportive but at the same time they're concerned for my well-being you know they know what i'm like right they know that most of the stuff they say to me i'm probably not going to listen to do you know what i mean i'm just yeah. going to go off and do my own thing anyway but that's only because I did give in to him before years ago. I mean, when I was like starting stuff up, I was starting my first business, the second business. I let things get into my head about it. Mm. Whereas now I'm like, look, I'm not going to listen. You know, I'll take a certain advice if I think mm. certain advice is going to be beneficial. But there comes a time when you need to disregard advice from people you love and just go, yeah. I, I've got a good feeling about this. Yeah. This feels like the right choice. And even if it's going to be a fucking stupid choice <laughs> or whatever, like obviously doing what I've done, quitting a 30k gram, 30k year job. Yeah. you know purely to chase my own ambitions you know and i haven't got like stacks of cash behind me to to keep me going to, you yeah. know it, it is a big risk in that sense but i just know that whether it's six weeks from now six months from now or six years from now i'm gonna well, i've done six 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 but that fucking out there um but you know we, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know no matter how long in the future it is or how yeah. short in the future it is i know that i'm gonna reflect back on it and i'm gonna go fuck yeah this is you know it's the best decision i've ever made and i think yeah it's like with what you you did with your your job as well. You told me about this before, didn't you? You quit uh, you quit your job before to to to, to help yourself. Really, oh, you tap the steel. Yeah, yeah. So I had to basically say to my employer that I, I was um, 
abusing drugs and I could not basically be um, I couldn't show up for them as, a, as an employee yeah, and, and that's such a fucking myself. it's such a bold move to do it isn't it because you know yeah. I mean? a lot of people would have gone actually no I can't fucking quit this job yeah. you know this is such a great it's job good money in there. it's good money it was on good money um, and I knew if I put if I give that honesty to them they'd never employ me again mm. because it's an engineer and it's like a specialist um, refactory area they make steel it's a dangerous job I mean, mm. some guys now risking their life every day mm. and um, they're not going to hire me again but at the same time I wouldn't want to work there again because I'm not a steel maker it's not, mm. it's not my expertise I, I was in I, I was doing IT for 10 years and I yeah, went to yeah. steel make and I was like oh this is out of my depth mm. and um, the addiction just was a universe's way of telling me I needed to change my whole life basically but um, do you know what that, that's such a bold move to do you know in terms of like you said make having that realization for one you know that you you, you just th- that the, the job's not like working for you you just gotta like you've got to give it up and move on because you've needed to look at your like you know look inwards at yourself and look after yourself yeah so many people you know including myself i've done it you know before as well with different roles you you know you, you almost got, what's the expression you gotta you gotta cut the gotta cut off the fucking cut off would I cut off the tail to kill the poison? There's an expression like that, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Somebody <laughs> might know. Tell us in the comments. Yeah, yeah but um, you know, you you've almost or cut off your arm to kill is the it poison. Like a gang green like green thing, is it? Like yeah, almost something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, if it was an expression out there, it's essentially sometimes you've just got to fucking cut your arm off, you know, to, to kill yourself, to like, kill yourself. Yeah, to yeah, save yourself. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you take you're losing a little part of you, but you know like the scar tissue that comes around that is going to be stronger you know you yeah. might have less functionality because you've just cut your fucking arm off but yeah. you know you are you're growing from it mentally you're learning from it and I think that you know as an analogy to life then you've just got to figure out if something's not serving you if it's driving you in a direction you don't want to be going in or if it's driving you back you've got to really reflect on that and think you know what I need to make a move and a lot of people get you know they it's difficult if you've got a house, it's difficult if you've got like a lot of outgoings and things, you know, the same as me, I've got outgoings the same as everyone else. Um, you know, so it's not going to be without a struggle, but I know yeah. it's the right decision to make and I think that's, you've just got, sometimes you've just got to fucking run with it. Yeah, definitely. Suffering's a true test. Oh, yeah. I was on benefits for like 12 months, I think. I just, it, not even, it, mm. I had no job. My, my day consisted of, of recovery essentially, like self Self, just looking after myself because mm-hmm. I had been neglecting myself for so long, mm-hmm. I couldn't step or even think about stepping into anything on a, of a professional sort of level until mm-hmm. I really felt like I'd 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 sort my head up. But I, I I'll come on to how I did actually spend some time as an actor. Yeah. After, oh yeah, yeah, uh, of course, yeah. So I was um when I was in rehab. So what I've learned right about what I learned about myself is I was so busy I, 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 I didn't pay attention to people's conversations or I didn't pay attention to guidance essentially so I read this book called The Surrender Experiment and what it, what The Surrender Experiment teaches you is if you show up all the time mm. and you put 100% into each situation people will give you signposts to, to, to become your next best self okay. so um, so I dropped all my ego dropped all my worries and I was in rehab I was just living day to day just doing what I could in each situation I wasn't worrying about after rehab or I wasn't worrying about what job I was going to do trying to just be present and one of the staff said oh I think you should you've got really, you've got like something about you you could potentially be like on stage or you could mm-hmm. be on film or TV or do something like that I was like oh, that's actually really interesting I never ever considered that mm-hmm. and 
for me to like take that on board and actually think, oh, that's a potential mm. because I've got no career now. <laughs> I've got no options on the table. I was thinking, why not? Yeah, I'm I'm getting clean now. Why can't I then visual visualize myself as an actor? Mm. Who's the, only I'm denying that reality? Yeah, yeah, we're all the, we're, we're all the denying only, our realities, mate. Yeah, we're the only person who stands between <laughs> yeah. us and our fucking vision. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It is literally we're the only person usually. Everyone sits there and they're like, I couldn't do that, and then they were like, Why, is, why is Aaron? Mm. Give me a list now. Write a list now. All the reasons why you can't do this job, mm. or be a writer, or be an artist, or or sing it, or make a track or anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. want to see the list and why they can't do it. Mm. I, don't, I don't believe myself. I don't love myself, I'm not enough. There's probably them three top ones. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm doing. And also, like, creative arts are not really... They're not... They weren't offered, especially with our generation, they weren't offered as much. I think it's going that direction a bit more now because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like, English, maths, science, you know, although they are good things to have, yeah. they are becoming less and less relevant because you've got technology which is taking over in that, mm. those areas, whereas I think with... You know, creative arts. It's more of a humanistic approach. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, like um, I don't know. A robot is probably you could you could train a robot a robot to paint something, but it's never really gonna put the emotion into a painting that what a human can. Mm. You know, and I think that is why the creative arts are a lot more you know important now. Do you know what I mean? You can teach a robot to dance, but is it gonna be you know? I, I don't know. I don't know much about dancing to be honest. It's a shit one to give it to. It's a common <laughs> one, but it's like you know. Yeah, creative arts though they are—they they were never really pushed that much. I don't think our age, and like no. like we said with their drama, now it was always seen as like you know there are actors out there, but yeah. you know drama is drama is just something you do in school, you know, yeah. and then you get some people go to drama school afterwards, you have to school and all that kind of stuff, but like not, it was never really pushed upon to a lot of the people. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes if their parents would make them, you know, their kids go to drama school, but. Yeah. It's not something you usually consciously choose to do when you're that age. I don't think. I don't. You know. I think mostly it's people, those parents pushing them into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, the fact that you've gone into it then, you know, at like you know a later age or whatever is, is amazing. Just yeah. trying it out. So what did you do when you became an actor? Like what kind of like, was it plays, films, so stage, stage, so live yeah. theater? So uh, it's called immersive theater. So okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so the process for me stepping into acting so i had that conversation with one of the rehab staff and then about two about three or four weeks later i was on a, i was on a minibus coming back from the lake district mm. we went to latest the lakes to do some sort of um just to immerse ourselves in nature basically as part of the program right it's a very beneficial like a very grateful to just be in that program and be in the lake district mm. um just just spending time in nature just you know I mean? it's, it's great recovery one of the, the same staff member then said to me from the front of the minibus, oh, I've just had a text. They're looking for someone who's got military experience to be a lead actor in this play. And yeah, I was thinking, yeah. hang on a minute. I was thinking, well, okay, what's the details? Like, send me the details. She's like, oh, you need to send a CV to this, to this woman, this uh, mm. director, Rihanna White. I'm really good friends, you know, she's an amazing person. Um, so I emailed her, yeah. Mm. I said, oh, I don't have an acting CV. I just basically wrote like a little personal statement. Mm. I said, oh, look, I'm not an actor. I haven't got no acting experience. This is my current situation. This is my experience with mm. Afghan nationals, with different nationalities, with the military. Um, I've read through your mission statement what you're trying to achieve for your play. Mm. I think I'd be a good fit. So, yeah, I, just, 
um, Rihanna and like email me back saying, oh my God, that's the most powerful thing I've ever read. Mm. Like just a bit of honesty. Sometimes being vulnerable is the right thing to do. Obviously, it doesn't apply really if you're going to for professional jobs, corporate level jobs. You're not going to be like writing statements like that. They're just going to bat you off. Do you mm. know what I mean? But like in this situation, I felt, which is another powerful thing, just to listen to how you feel sometimes when you're in the right state of being. I thought just writing something personal would be great for the arts because the arts are about honesty and vulnerability. They're about expressing your real you and they. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Being a thespian, it's all about being expressive and getting in touch with yourself and like all about the body and um, she, she said she loved my um, email and they invite me, Rihanna invited me for food actually in Manchester, the, mm. like the week I finished rehab, I was in Manchester yeah, on yeah. my own, I remember coming out, the, I remember coming up, I remember stepping off the train in Manchester from Liverpool and everyone was rushing around and I was like, don't just be meditating for three months solid. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is everyone rushing around for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my head was completely <laughs> zen. I was like, are these people rushing to get home and watch TV? Mm. What's the? I was like questioning why they're so busy. Do you know because I was so chill. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what's going on? But I, 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 do you know what I felt like saying to people, what, what's the reason? What are you rushing about for? Mm. And then they like that's probably brought, they've got no genuine reason. They're like, well, I rush all the time. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know I mean? do you know what? That's interesting actually because like, it's some that's a lot of people's way of life. Yeah. And uh, again, mine for a long time. You know, I mean, yeah. rushing around everywhere. But no, that's that's interesting. How you <laughs> notice that like consciously you thought yeah. fuck I'm much more chilled and zen and I you know not rushing around yeah, anywhere yeah. you know everywhere trying to do stuff have you seen like the have you seen on TV sometimes when they, they speed up everyone on the, yeah, the scene and yeah, you've got yeah. one person standing there <laughs> I genuinely felt like that I was like everyone's rushing around me and I was like wow I'm on my own there mm. I've always felt sometimes I'm on my own am I thinking but now I was like I literally feel I'm a different on a, a different wavelength like because I was so chill I was like I'm not rushing it's good it's yeah. good to be that person it, yeah, it really yeah. is like I think I've always felt like that person definitely as well like yeah. I think like me and you are on the same wavelength we maybe think in a different way a lot of the time or well, we yeah. question stuff more I think that's what it is we question stuff a bit more and you, sometimes you can feel a little bit alien you mm. know do you know what I mean in terms of the I mean the thoughts that you have and you know the stuff that you do like for example like my mates you know, they think I'm crazy right now for quitting, you know, for quitting my job. You know, a lot of people think I'm crazy for, for doing it. Yeah. But then a lot of people are encouraging about it as well. Oh, definitely. But, you know, for me, I know that, like I said, it's, it's the right decision. And I think you've just got to, you've got, you've got your own mind. And I think if something feels right, you just got to go for it. Like you said with the acting, it just felt right. This materialized. And obviously that, I mean, I'm guessing that gave you a massive confidence oh, boost mate, as well. Unbelievable. So I thought these these people believe in me, mm. and it made even though I believed in myself enough to get to start my own journey. To when someone gives you that little affirmation, yeah, yeah, and it gives you that internal confidence, and you're like, oh, I needed that. For them to acknowledge my truth, mm. and then acknowledge my personality, for them to want to put me in a position where I would tell in the plays about like the effect of war on people okay. and it's little it touches on the arms trade it's like a big a big um sort of flavor of it is about how how, how, how much the arms trade has an impact in the world mm. and how like the government's involved and different people involved but uh, my influence on it was from my personal experience so like talking about afghanistan and how it affected my ptsd so i was like mm. in front of audiences talking about situations i've experienced and and um, the way I felt and how music, because I've been DJing for years, how music influenced my recovery. Yeah. And I know you touched on the music you listen to. I feel like music 
um, changes my state of emotion, my emotional mm. state. It can really prepare me for different situations. And I found that when I was going through a lot of my, uh, when I was really in trauma, I was DJing a lot. Obviously, that goes with the drugs and drink and stuff like that. But I really found peace when when I was doing my DJing, even mm. though maybe I didn't know it at the time. I felt like the DJ was a way of helping other people's emotions. So when you're DJing, you're essentially controlling people's feelings, mm. and yeah. um, you can have such a profound impact on people and the way they feel by what music you choose. So like that's expressing yeah. your expressing your creativity and like your truth on people how you feel on that like in the day I could think oh I'm going to play this set mm. and it's going to make people feel like this and then I wanted to be the conductor basically of that emotional mm. little dance I could do you know what? I, I love that yeah because that's always something I thought about yeah. music as well like um, you know above and beyond you know above and beyond yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean it's amazing and what I love about them as well is they've done like yoga med yoga playlists meditation playlists like yeah. flow state play- playlists but then they've also got you know like proper you know like trance you know mm. like the stuff you'd go to an event and feel but then they've, they've got the vocal trance which hits you in a different way yeah, and, yeah. you know and that's uh, I love that that's why I, I think you said I said earlier about the I think it was the side trance I mentioned yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like I, when I want to get amped up and I want to get into like a productive state or if I'm not so yeah productive state in terms of like cleaning the house or uh, do it doing physical stuff or like running and things like that and I want to get into yeah. it side trance gets me into Ooh. it like that so you know game. trance is like I can just listen to that all day every day and I, I'm just generally in a high, like a, a, you know, a good energy you know from listening to it I'd say yeah. um, you know and like you said yeah if you want to chill out you just listen to something you know like indie music or whatever it is you can just kind of lower your vibration get into that yeah. more of like a delta state of the brain state I think and stuff and you know you're a little bit more calm and relaxed um, it is it's interesting and I, yeah. I find if they, they did there was something online about this um you know how you can you can kind of program your brain in at these different frequencies and each frequency then is corresponding with different like emotional states so like whether you're if you're going to alpha brain state you're you know high energy mm. hyperactive and whatever gamma is the same as well or ga- you know so gamma is like high energy hyperactive yeah. and stuff alpha is like you know productive and so on and so forth then delta is a bit more like creative state a little bit more chilled out it's like a lower vibration and then you got um, I think theta then, which is associated with deep sleep waves yeah, and stuff, so it's very, very low. That, it? you know? yeah, 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 it's very, very low vibration, and it's quite interesting because, like, you know, the TV, for example, that you know, we know that a TV it responds at like I don't know, whatever it is, thirty gigahertz or something like that. It yeah. responds at a certain frequency, which basically, after a certain amount of time, your brain corresponds with said frequency, and the one that the TV emits at is associated with a depressive state of mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think you know the easiest way to think about it is if you're sitting there watching TV, right? Um, you know, we like let's just say that you haven't drank, right? Because if you you're hungover, that has an impact as well. But let's say you're on a Saturday night, you're just sitting at home, you know, and you're uh, you're having a night in, you're going to watch TV, mm-hmm. right? You start you know, watching TV like this, whatever, and you're eating food and whatever. But then all of a sudden, by the end of the night. You know, you, for the people listening, you're not going to see this, but you know, you kind of slouch in your chair, you're like this, and you fall asleep, and you know, you um, you feel like shit sometimes yeah, as well. Yeah. You you know, you might have been eating like crappy food, but is that a you know, are you eating crappy food just because you fancy it, or are you actually eating crappy food because you feel depressed because to you're your emotions, yeah, yeah, because you're already because you're you know, sitting there watching TV again in a depressive state of mind. You're thinking, oh, let's order a takeaway and whatever, and you're, yeah, you're yeah. thinking about ordering more shitty yeah. food, and it's just lowering that vibration. And I just found that really interesting because there's like quite a few things you can find online about that and it's just 
goes to show you know how you the, the interaction with music and technology we have can really influence how we feel day to day and yeah. you know if you're hiring that vibration if you're thinking you know what, I'm not going to watch TV I'm going to do something else instead or I'm going to whatever you know you're instantly allowing yourself to kind of hire that vibration which is potentially giving you more opportunities for positive things positive opportunities and interactions as well as feeling happier yeah, yeah. in general so you met when I used to when I in the late district I probably so I just want to say for everyone like it did meditation took me about 10 weeks I think to, for the pen to really drop mm. um and I felt like I was battling with it for a long time but like I was in the late district for the 10th for this time where the penny mega dropped for me it was in the late district so I was in a completely different environment mm. and I wasn't like sat in my little room in Liverpool like in, in the rehab house so I was like in nature meditating I had classical music on in my headset so I know like you can meditate in silence but yeah. I used to listen to empowering music or I used to listen to like um, self talk or self empowerment Spotify playlists. Yeah, okay. Um, so I like listen to classical music and I just had this really intense feeling of like being present mm. and like I opened my eyes and like ev- like everything looked vibrant. It was like the most like beautiful experience I've ever had and I just burst out crying. Mm. I was just crying my eyes out for about five minutes. I was like, what? Or I was like, what is this mm. feeling? I was like felt different to how I've ever felt before and it was like almost as if I was like thank being grateful I was like so grateful like I'd feel this way through like just sitting and meditating I was like just so, it just made me really emotional mm. I was like so thankful I was like I'm, I've re- rescued myself I'm doing the right thing here I've never felt this at peace before like after meditation and I was like I wanted it more then I was like I need to do this more yeah. and I just asked the encouragement then to like do it twice a day so then I started getting creative and thinking, oh, I can do this. But then I can plan things in my mind. I can like sit in the morning and plan my day in my mind. So I can like set an intention for the day. And then all you're doing then is like you're not creating an expectation for the day because expectations can fail. But then so then that creates suffering. What you're doing is just creating an intention. I can have a good day today. And you think about the day itself. Think, oh, okay, I'm going to go and do this. That's going to be good. I'm going to bring energy to that. I'm going to invest energy in this. But if that anything changes, then your intention is still good, mm. and you just respond to that rather than being like, "Oh my god, I didn't expect this. What's yeah, going on?" Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect expectation is the, is probably one of the biggest um, enemies for me because I'm like expect things to happen in a certain way, but that's based on past conditioning. So I used to sit and meditate, and I used to have like the, the auditorium of of my my mind. I used mm. to be there as the like remapping stuff and moving things around and thinking, "Oh." I'm happy with this. I need to look at this. Um, I need to have a little look at this, and then I'd write about it. And think, oh, in my meditation, this come up, this come up, this come up, and I wrote the life story actually off the back of David Goggins' book about mm-hmm. my whole life. So I wrote like as a child all the stuff I remembered, all the stuff I didn't like, all the stuff I felt was traumatic as a child. Loads of stuff about me being a child. Loads of stuff about me being an adult, being being a teenager. Stuff that really. I felt needed addressing, mm. but no one knew about it except me. So it's not something like, potentially not something that had happened to me, but maybe I felt really embarrassed about something, or maybe I felt like ashamed of something as a mm. child, or I don't know, like do a moment of shame, which no one else induces that. It's just yeah. self-induced shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're so like, oh you, my you God, feel it I'm inside so you, shaming. Yeah. But 
if you spoke to that person as an adult and they would be like, I'd never give a shame in. Mm. That's just your construct of, of the memory. Of and I thought, I need to look at these memories again and understand that I had no idea what was going on at that time. I was only young and I had no idea really of other people's perception of me. If I could go back and question these people, they could be like, I didn't even know what this meant, to be honest. Mm. I didn't even have an idea. It's just you. You just create all that yourself. We, we do. We create our own suffering in our, in our <laughs> mind, don't we? We yeah, really yeah. We do. We create all of that just by, like, like you said, but there, you know, like it, people look at it externally and they think, do you know what? I know that there's nothing wrong with, it, you know, with that. But <laughs> we, we, we're always our own, we're own, our own worst, enemy, yeah. worst enemy. And I think just getting over that can, it can create a lot of peace you oh, know, within man. yourself. You know, it's, yeah. it's always a conflict. But I think you can really start to create peace in yourself when you when you when you accept that when you just go, yeah, yeah you know I'm like the, the, these are my thoughts these are my th- that's all they are and until I do something and act upon it, yeah, you know that that's all they are they're not, yeah, they, yeah. you know like what you think somebody is going to think about you is completely fucking irrelevant yeah, until yeah. they actually it's not true, is it? until they verbalize it until, you know, they, until say, they say oh look I uh, yeah until it's they not say true, <laughs> it's not truth to it what I what I understood is like I made up loads of stories in my memories about things that I didn't even know about yeah but I'm not denying any trauma that I've been through because that's trauma that's my, trauma can be um, experienced by anything people can be tra- traumatized by anything so you, if it's trauma you can't really change the narrative that you need to address mm. and accept that you've been traumatized and then try and forgive and accept the, the situation yeah and then learn from it potentially or even just just try and send it love the memory send love to it and send acceptance but what i would say is like if you're in situations in your mind where you're thinking about the past and you are believing that you knew everything about the situation you're wrong mm. you need to understand that you just only know what you Perceived were aware of at the time like oh mm. you don't know what people are thinking like it comes back to in a situation like I remember this meeting I had before in work and I said something and I thought about it for ages and I was like oh I embarrassed myself I shouldn't have said that yeah but realistically all I did was stand up for for, for one department and someone could have witnessed that as a sen- as, as a sign of courage and leadership but you've but seen it as something because, different yeah. because like the majority of people didn't take well to it. I, I don't even know that I mean I yeah, perceived yeah. that they didn't take well to it there wasn't much of a response but after it I thought oh why did I say that what, why did I do that and I was thinking right all I did was believe in myself enough to say I don't believe in this idea it's wrong we are impacting x y and z and then after it the story I'm thinking oh I shouldn't say that they obviously think I'm this Mm. do you know what I mean I was like storytelling and we love a story we love to validate <laughs> and justify why we felt ashamed at that point rather than just to think I feel ashamed now because I'm reflecting and I don't like the reaction or mm. I don't like the um, the situation that was created at that time Hang on. the other thing I was going to ask you about as well like just that well, last point as well was the um, th- your theory on because we've talked about this already psychedelics and oh, yeah, their yeah. impact on mental health in, in general and like what they're you know because there's, there's a lot of studies out there at the minute which is showing that you know for example like mdma yeah. is uh you know coupled with therapy is really really good for ptsd um yeah. you know what, what else is it like lsd years and years ago this was actually there was a study on lsd that they they kind of reconnected neural pathways in people with schizophrenic so essentially yeah. during microdose lsd and therapy they were able to be Get, get through to them a lot more yeah um so i mean there's, there's quite a lot of stuff out there about psychedelics obviously i've had an experience with dmt myself as well to know that you know the, how powerful it is in terms of 
moving you forward and helping you you know mold a different perception yeah. uh, of the world but you know, what's your what, what research what, what kind of you know stance do you take on that at the moment i'm i'm a full believer in um in psychedelics for healing mm. purposes and self discovery i think um, there's a lot of things you can gain from psychedelics and in a controlled environment i think um, it's beneficial to explore that and if you listen to someone talk about psychedelics and you get a negative um sort of a negative trigger then i'd ask yourself why you feel that because i never understood psychedelics and the, the research I've done on them has only been positive, really, mm. about people's recovery, people's healing, people's uh, journeys, and this, like, uh, it's a natural substance. So, like, DMT is natural, mushrooms are natural. Um, I don't see why we would not be an ab- advocate of, of, of Mother Earth's Mother Earth's own medicine. Mm. And clearly, it gets results. So, why are we pharmaceutically trying to heal people when we can invest in nature again mm. back to nature it's got this ways of of coming into the human body and and, and giving us a sense of healing and also get giving us a sense of well-being and i think what it does for different obviously give it, i think it, it gives you what you need i think yeah and, and what i've read about psychedelics and i've done psychedelics before but never in a healing sense um which is something i'd love to do i'd love to sit down and do psychedelics in a controlled environment and see what comes up because that's what it's about it's about what comes up for you and how you then address that part of you i think a lot of people hide past themselves and they have big shadows like people will probably lie to themselves every day they lie to their friends they will do things they don't want to do they feel the way they don't want to feel consistently mm. but then they want to challenge themselves to move out to that state but then if someone who's in that mindset had a psychedelic trip it then gives them that clarity and that massive positive shock or that enlightenment for that period of time to then think, why have I been living in such a depressive state when I can feel like this? But obviously you're not gonna take mushrooms to feel that all the time. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it gives them a, um, a, it gives them some sort of light on how they can feel, they can feel different. Yeah, it yeah. gives people a feeling of being different and then it gives people encouragement to then do work to make themselves feel better. I mean, what what my perception on it is as well is like yeah, very much what you said there, and it kind of it helps you to delve into your subconscious mind, mm. you know, and unwittingly, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, we were able to do it through like meditative practices and things like that. I think with you know delving into the subconscious, but with the with psychedelics, you know, my experience with DMT. You know, DMT is like pretty much the most powerful one on the planet. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and it was the one from the frog as well. So it was oh, yeah. the five uh, meo DMT. That one is like it's not so visual, but it's very slow and emotive and very very deep. So you know, you, the experience you get from it, you're, you're figuring it out, uh, figuring things out for about two three weeks afterwards, or sometimes even longer. Yeah. You know, you make sense of things in ways you never have before, and um, a lot of the kind of the healing that you know, took place for me from that was like I said at a subconscious level where I just realized that a lot of the reason why I had like this kind of unsettlement within myself and I wasn't completely happy it was down to the fact that I wasn't being fully complete fully grateful and completely grateful for the situation that I'm in currently mm. you know in terms of like the job that I've got in terms of the, you know, the progression I've made in my life 
I wasn't completely, you know, grateful for that. And as soon as I thought, well, actually, that's what's missing. It's just being accept, like accepting where you are now. You'd have killed to be a couple of years ago, yeah. and also, and, and again, it's just even if it's just mental growth, even if you haven't got anything physical to show for it, it doesn't matter. If you've grown mentally and how you perceive things and the intellect you've got, you know, is much superior to what it was years prior. That in itself is, you know, yeah. uh, is worthwhile, and that that's what I took from it. Realistically, with you know, yeah. from DMT, that, that was the, one of the key things. There's a few other things as well, but you know, it's, it, it isn't something I. It should not be illegal. It really no, shouldn't. No, no. It's uh, like it is. Like I said, it's powerful, but it's the, the growth you can take from it is unbelievable, and especially if you've got things that need correcting as well. You know, if you've got like an you know an addictive personality and things like some people go to, um, you know do an ayahuasca ceremony which is essentially just the dmt mixed with another plant yeah so two plants uh you know they'll go and do an ayahuasca ceremony in like the amazon or peru or whatever mm. it is and they come back and they won't touch alcohol again they won't touch yeah. a drug again and things yeah. they'll quit smoking you know no kind of cold turkey they're just you know gone from it and it, yeah. it's because they have not at every instance but in a lot of cases and there's a lot of like, things online about it they just have this really profound wake and wake up experience like i've got a friend who uh, she she did an ayahuasca ceremony, but she went in. Or she or she had it was either DMT or ayahuasca. She did one of the two, but she went in there with the intention of being more sociable and spending less time on her phone. Mm. Can't get a, like you like her boyfriend, right? He's like you can't get a message back from her. He said you know, he lives with her. Do you know what I mean? But he was like you can't. You've got to ring her. You know, a couple yeah. of times before you get hold of her. Okay. You know, it, like she won't like if you message her, she'll take four or five days to reply and stuff like that. She just yeah. you know she's just off her phone do you know what I mean she's in amongst the world and she's just doing her own stuff she's being more productive and it was kind of like she went in with that intention and then almost like it kind of ingrained it within her subconscious mind yeah. you know the experience did so there's a lot of interesting stuff around uh, around that it, what I say is what you bring to the table is what you take away from the table so if you turn up with um, a plan and intention to like create something in your mind then psychedelic psychedelics will give you that the tools basically to work on yourself in that in that uh, experience and i think what it gives you um so it, it draws you back from yourself mm. from, so you can momentarily look at your pain and think that's actually painful i need to heal this part of myself i need to um understand that this hurts me or do you know, like it gives yeah. you gives you that ability to forgive yourself but it gives you the, the clarity to do it from a different point of view for that for that time period or that time frame like you said, you you know, it's almost like you said with a bit of meditation earlier. You're taking that kind of yeah. step back and you're looking at it as a, the the observer more yeah. than anything else. The witness, you know. and and also I found that with DMT it kind of humbled me in the sense that you know I I realised that I'm just kind of I, or everything is you know is energy. You know our, our bodies are just physical matter that we're in yeah. for a certain amount of time. But you know the energy never goes away. The energy is just transmuted into something else. Yeah. you know and i i never really believe I, i'm not religious and i never really believed in the concept of god and whatever else it's like I, you know i thought yeah maybe there's something higher than ourselves i always felt like i was destined for more you know mm. and it was there was something out there that i wasn't aware you know privy to but until doing t dmt that kind of woke me up and thought i realized i was like there is no way that that you know that that that, that there's that, you know that what we see and what we hear everything that falls within our senses is everything that's included that's in life that's in existence yeah there just isn't you know because you have that experience with dmt and you think you know irregardless of you know the, the, it's a for, for example it's a natural substance mm. but the effect that it has on you 
is just undeniable. You know, yeah. it really is. It's <laughs> like you can't think, okay, well that this is just because I've taken right, just in itself for now. And and also, I, do you know what's interesting? I took, I, I took that. I took a lot from that, and I was learning about it. But a couple of weeks afterwards, right, I got. I just went into a rabbit hole basically on the internet. I was reading this guy. He's a business coach out in New York, and Scott Jeffrey. His name is uh, Scott Jeffrey, CEO Sage dot com. Right. So anyone have a little look at his blogs. It's amazing the stuff he puts up. But it, there was nobody else talking about this stuff online, right? And he started talking about um, basically the pineal gland, so our third eye, you know, what a lot of people call it. How to, when you take DMT, you know, you open your third eye, but, you know, it just is it, forced open pretty much by, you know, the DMT, yeah. um, which is allowing you to have this, like, access to higher consciousness. Uh, but he was saying that there's different ways you can do this without the use of psychedelics, which I found was interesting. Yeah. Blue lights, so like artificial light, can actually hinder it because um, okay. it affects the circadian rhythm, which um, so like phones and TV, then basically. Uh, phones, TV, yeah, yeah white screens. lights, blue lights, yeah, yeah. Screen, all that so kind of stuff. Everything we use it every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It does. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it can affect your circadian rhythm, your sleep wake cycle, but it also affects your like spiritual receptor, and in addition to that as well the food that we eat and the water we have and stuff like that like you know if it's got chlorine in it and all that kind of stuff the stuff that we basically when you pour it from a tap the shit that's in the water there the stuff that's in toothpaste you know essentially it can form crystals or phosphate crystals around the pineal gland mm-hmm. which inhibits both your ability to sleep well you know yeah. so it can affect you in terms of sleeping in older age and things and you know therein you know you're probably going to fall ill from different things just because you're not getting you know restorative sleep but in addition, it can inhibit your spiritual receptor, you know, with the third eye. Yeah. What was interesting, though, when I got to the last part of the blog, right, it just blew my fucking mind because he starts talking about all the connotations in all of the different religions, mm. civilizations like the ancient Mayans with singular, they got singular eyes in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Symbolism, yeah. Egyptians, yeah. you know, uh, the Freemasons, um, Hinduism, they talk about it. It's in the Bible. They talk yeah. about a singular eyes all the way throughout, you yeah. know, these different religious contexts. They talk about it. Um and it just made a lot of, it just started to make sense to me mm. and like the last part about it then was how to activate it otherwise so he said sun gazing so the first and last hour of the day there's no like if you we've been told if you stare at the sun for too long you go blind or it fucks your eye up and yeah. everything right yeah to a certain extent that's true but the first and last hour of the day that's mm. not true you yeah. know you can stare at the sun for nearly a full hour and the uv in, index is generally about zero so it doesn't mm. affect okay. your eye apparently apparently from what i've been you know studying um, but that can actually induce like a psychedelic state, yeah. which allows you to have this like higher level of consciousness. Third eye meditation is another one. Qui Gon, which is like a form of Tai Chi, and binaural tones or mm. isochronic tones. Oh yeah. Have, have you? Yeah, done it with the different frequencies in your, in your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your, I, yeah. Different I, frequencies emitted on each, in on either ear. Yeah. And yeah. that that produces a harmonic frequency in your brain then. I so I went into a, a flat out DMT like state off the back of listening of, of listening to those. The binaural by, yeah. by no, yeah, the binaural yeah. ones or whatever. Um so I literally I it was crazy because what happened was the back of my neck crystallized the same as it did when when doing DMT and that is a sign that you've opened the pineal gland mm. because it wasn't just it, it, and again it sounds fucking crazy, right? But it was like it it was undeniable because mm. they did it. Literally they did laying in bed. You know, listening to the binaural tones, and all of a sudden the back of my neck crystallized, and all of a sudden I just had this unbelievable rush of energy going right the way throughout my body. Um, my eyes were closed; it was pitch black in the room. You know, I put my hands in front of my face, and if I'd o- I o- if I'd opened my eyes, 
like I wouldn't have been able to see them because of the dark anyway. I had my eyes closed and all I seen was this blue, blue pulsating energy right mm. the way throughout the body. You know, it was a very surreal experience, but I was nearly crying after it because I was like, this is unbelievable. Like everything we are taught is not, well, not everything we're taught is bullshit, but a lot of what we're taught is bullshit. You know, we don't yeah, get yeah. taught about this in school. We don't get taught about how to access whatever this is. You know, and I found that was really fucking interesting because, you know, it's not all of a sudden it's not just a drug you're taking. It's not mm. just a psychedelic you're taking, which is accessing this. We're able to do this ourselves. Yeah. So it's opened up a whole different world for me. But yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. I think when you have that physical experience through meditation or through a, a, a practice, mm. it gives you an affirmation that it's, 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 it's real. It's, it's actually a ch- giving you massive benefit mm. there's a lot like I used to be like oh where's the results for this it's not doing anything nothing's mm. happening for me and then when I had an experience through through the practice I was like okay this is real and I, I'm a believer now yeah, yeah. I think a, a lot of people are conditioned to need to feel and see something to then really commit into it mm. but then I mean it's like 100%. it's like tongue in cheek isn't it like you read a hundred people's versions of the same event but then why isn't that enough for you to be like I need some of this. Yeah, Why yeah. do you then need to feel the experience for yourself? Can you just take that account of, of this is why we do this. Mm. There's a hundred, this is a, a millions of people doing it. Oh yeah, but I, I, I am felt it myself. So. so I think sometimes the difficulty that like, you've <laughs> got to go, yeah, the difficulty you've got to go through to to achieve it, you know, whether yeah. it's a C dip, for example, or if it's something that, you know, you might get laughed at, like crystal healing was something that I not like laughed at but I just I was never really receptive to it and really think too much about it yeah. and then I had it and I was like fuck this is crazy this oh, is yeah. weird you know um, with well, Amazon yeah, uh, yeah I've had it well I've had it with uh, Jess Begum and I've had it with she was the first person who had it for me and oh, I found yeah. that was like you know again I felt amazing after it like the next day I felt like I had about 50% less energy mm. but it was like I thought fuck that's interesting she said she's like you know like what, what she was doing was removing negative energy and mm. stuff but generally, you know, I noticed that when I was doing Titan, which is like a fitness um, strength and conditioning like class, usually I'm like hard as fuck. We're working hard as fuck. But I felt like I had about 40, 50% less than what I generally do. I was like, I was gassed after like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? This never happens. You know, why, why is this? I'd had enough sleep and, you know, I'd eaten enough of things. And I thought, fuck, it's interesting actually. Because she's, if she's saying what she's done here is actually remove negative energy, mm. I've got less energy to transmute into positive energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I thought that's a quite an interesting thing. But then when I had it with, done with Emma again, you know, uh, it was, I had to actually open my eyes because I was going into a really deep state and I was a little bit like conscious, a bit anx- anxious about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's just ego trying to protect you, you know, because yeah, yeah, my definitely. ego knows now pretty much when I've done DMT, I've, you can get into this really deep state. Uh, and you know it's, it's trying to protect me it's trying to pull me back you yeah. know like thinking oh fuck you're gonna have a heart attack or whatever you, it, it just pulls you back a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. but essentially that's where the best growth if you can work through it you go into this really deep like meditative state or whatever and you can that's where you're gonna get you know a really uh, a lot of growth you know a yeah. lot of growth but it's just yeah it's quite difficult I think to when get you to that step point. into the unfamiliar you sometimes you re- you re- you respond very um in fear, don't you? I mean, you're like, mm. oh, this is like the the unfamiliar is what it is. Yeah, right? it's the unfamiliar. Isn't it? When I was doing the stuff with the binaural tones, and I, I kind of, I had that experience. I was like, I was looking on stuff online. I was like, this is crazy because nobody's fucking talking about this. Mm. The next day, I actually really fucked myself up. I didn't sleep for three days after it, right? Because I listened, I, I, and I speak. I spoke to somebody who is a, um, what do you call it? Like a, not a 
she she does stuff with like um neuro neurologist i think mm. she is right she's a neurologist so she know you know does stuff with the brain and you know she knows about all the frequencies all that kind of shit because i explained yeah. it to her and i said look my interpretation is that i've listened to something here which was going from an alpha to a gamma to a delta to a theta state right like some someone on youtube has just put like all these fucking different ones together <laughs> yeah. not really thinking about its effect on the body mm. And she said, yeah, that she's like, you shouldn't, you're not supposed to do that. She's like, that's probably someone just thrown it together. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to be going in between brainwave states like that because your brain's going to go, what the fuck? I don't know what to do with okay. you. Um, and, and I, because I said, what I, it felt like I'd done is I'd listened to a theta, like a theta state or I'd listened to one which had gone into a theta state, mm. which is associated with deep sleep. And I said, it was almost like I opened my eyes during deep sleep and I felt really like dissociated yeah. and I was, I, I couldn't sleep for three days and I was really dissociated. I was in a really fucking weird place. And she was like, yeah, that's pretty much what you've done. She's like, you just pro pretty much pre pre-programmed your brain into a, you know, a different way brainwave state. So when you're going to try, you're trying to go to sleep then a normal time and whatever, mm. your brain's like active. Cause it's like, well, no, I, I'm in this different state now. I'm not, yeah. I'm supposed to be awake, yeah. you know? And it fucked me up. Like all my mates were saying to me, they're like, mate, you what the fuck have you done? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because I was, I made a shot. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's the danger because I was like, I was looking online and what scared me more than anything is there was nobody else online mm. to that knew about this kind of stuff. You know, I emailed a couple of like brain, uh, I don't know, like sleep doctor people from up in London and things and, you know, I wasn't getting anything yeah. back. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't getting any emails back and I'm like, fuck it. Now, in the end, I got in touch with the guy whose blog I was reading, the business coach guy from New York. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he was, even he was like, yeah, I don't really know what the fuck you've done there, to be honest. He said, you know, what you've probably, he said, you know, in terms of closing your third eye, he was like, what I get, he generally does is puts his hand on, on his forehead like that yeah. for a couple of seconds, you know, and then that's when he'll hmm. come out of, you know, that sort of state. Yeah. But he was like, he didn't really understand it either. But when I spoke to like a, somebody who obviously deals with brainwaves, yeah. she, she understood it. But it's very interesting stuff, do you know what I mean? Because this is not common knowledge, but mm. there's, there's a lot of shit you know involved there and i really want to explore it a lot more yeah, to be yeah. honest the um so i had a physical experience with meditation i was working with a veterans charity in, in manchester like going and receiving therapy and counseling with them and one of the guys um they took me through like an inner child meditation okay and uh i had to like visualize a spirit animal so he was like mm. i was in meditation and he and he was like guiding me and he was like okay so Think of yourself as that you're just a little boy now. I was like, okay. He was like, oh, think of an animal with you. So I said, oh, okay, a lion. Mm. He's like, okay. The lion is looking at you, um, looking eye to eye. Like, what do you feel? So I said, oh, I feel confident looking at the lion. Mm. He's like, okay, you put your hand on the back of the lion. Stroke his fur. How big is he? I was like, oh, he's massive. And I he was like, okay, how do you feel? Like, I said, oh, I feel like, I feel comfortable actually with this lion. Mm. And he's like, okay, feel the heart your hand on the lion's chest and feel the lion's heart beating I was um, wondering where you were reaching to then. <laughs> <laughs> me and the lion like I was like, two seconds <laughs> and then um, he's like try and sync your heart with a lion's heart mm. and then after like after like these instructions are like really unfamiliar so I was like try to understand how to visualise that and feel that at the same time and I was like oh I feel like very harmonious mm. with the lion. He said, okay, so what I want you to do now is like, do you feel like you and the lion act like one with each other? I was like, yeah, I feel really comfortable with the lion. He's like, okay, take the lion and run through your childhood with the lion with you. So I was like, okay. So I was like running through different memories that I yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. I was like, 
literally I was in my house as a kid with a lion the lion was knocking stuff over mm-hmm. and like do my living room I, how I remember it before the lion was knocking the table over and I was like it, it, it was it was hilarious in my mm-hmm. mind I was like thinking how is my visualization so good yeah yeah no because I've been in, I've probably been in the meditation for about 40 minutes at this point like mm-hmm. you know get me into the right level of the frequency to mm-hmm. to create these visualizations at, the, at, at first it's not easy to visualise really like it, it, like detailed no things. no I, yeah I yeah. can agree with that so yeah. it took me a while to get into it and I was like thinking oh my god this is really really interesting and I'm like what I want to visualise I'm, I'm creating like moment after moment so I was like running around like so I was thinking of things actually which impacted me as a child and I was like taking the line with me to like yeah, yeah. to like change this, the scenery basically and once he was like, okay, have you finished now? Is there anything you want to address as, as a child with a lion? I said, no, no, I've, I, I feel like I've like run around everywhere really. I can, I can, that I can think of. And at this point, I hadn't come back to Port Albert. Mm. I was like still doing therapy and different things in Man- in, in Liverpool because I stayed up there for like an extra four months. So I'd done like three months residential and they stayed up there voluntarily for four months doing extra work mm. and just working on myself and staying, like, just staying low key. And then he's like, okay, take the lion now and run into the future mm. with the lion. And then as soon as I visualise myself in Port Albert with the lion, I had this massive, like, I can't, um, so I was I was just sat like this and I felt like something inside me and it, I vibrate, it started vibrating mm-hmm. and I was like thinking, can he see me shaking? Yeah, so yeah. I was shaking, like I was like, ah, like shaking, physically shaking. And then like, it was like a wave come over me. And then he went, and then another one. It was like three pulses, basically. I've mm. never felt anything like it in my life. And I was like, "Is this actually happening?" Or yeah, is it yeah. me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And um, and then like, I, I was like in a state of shock because I was like, "Wait a minute! I'm meditating, and now I'm vibrating physically. Mm. There's a link between what I'm doing with this visualization and how my body is reacting and responding to what I'm doing in my mind." That's crazy. So uh, uh, after the meditation, I was like, "Do you see me shaking?" He's like, "Yeah." I was mm. like, "Oh my god!" I was actually shaking. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I was vibrating." It was like as if my frequency just changed, or I started resonating, or, or I healed something in that moment. Mm. I think maybe what it was is like the fear of coming back to the Talbot, because I, like that's where my pain was. That's where like the the playground is for me. Like you know what I mean, the negative playground. Yeah, that's yeah. where all my pain was, like with the drug use. Um, so I was like. Oh, what happens if I go back and I just relapse or something? Do you know what I mean? But then I went out with the line and was all, but I felt so much strength. I think I mm. like had a, like an evolution in my mind. It was like boom, just started shaking. I was like, from that moment, I understood how much you can physically materialize through meditation. I, I realized how much you can achieve by sitting there and thinking and visualizing about. Obviously, that's a professional guided meditation. Yeah, yeah. If you tap into these people and, and find out who these people are and go and visit these professionals, you can achieve things I never thought I'd be able to achieve, like acting or mm. having a physical feeling through meditation. That is amazing, man. Because I've ne- that's like the most uh, probably the most crazy account that I've heard about like meditative. Because like, I hear about people getting into like a deep state of meditation and like the heat, but but like actually physically vibrating and things from yeah. it yeah that's absolutely bonkers yeah. i haven't uh I've, de- I've never never gone that far with myself do you know yeah. i mean i've probably done like 10-15 minutes max and stuff I'm like that i think i need to actually you know i need to do more of it i looked on google so i thought oh this is either do you know straight away you doubt yourself yeah, yeah. you doubt every experience you have 
even though you had it. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. We, whether I believe it or not is irrelevant. It happened to me. I was vibrating. Mm. I felt it. So rather than taking that and thinking it happened, I was like trying to discredit it straight away. I was like going away, researching, thinking, oh, this isn't, this didn't happen. Mm. Trying to like, because I didn't understand it. I know you, and you just accepted I, it for what I, it is. I was like, what has happened to me? <laughs> yeah. And then it's had like accounts on the internet and of people saying, yeah, I've been in meditation. I felt like I was like, my frequency was changing. I was vibrating. I was like, okay, so it's basically your body is resonating at a different frequency. But because I, because the meditation was so powerful, my body physically changed and I felt that, that impact of it. Mm. But I've never felt nothing like that since. Um, but maybe I healed something or something changed for me in that moment. I'm gonna try this over the weekend now. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and get like a vibratory fucking meditation <laughs> going. I think, I think it's called like a spirit animal meditation or something. Okay, I'll have a little look yeah. at that. Okay, is uh well we just we'll find find the finish that up then. So have you got anything, just last point, have you got anything like you would like to say to anybody listening now, like, you know, ten if you were speaking to yourself ten years ago, you know, like what what would you say to you know to people now listening? Yeah. But, but, but a little gem of advice, something that comes to you. Um I think um be honest with yourself about how you feel and what you want. Back yourself all the time. Take responsibility for what you're doing right now and who you want to be today and tomorrow because all we really have is today to create tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking about long term, really long term. Stop overwhelming yourself. Just hone in what you're doing right now and create the best intentions for yourself and things will naturally happen for you. Um, and stay positive. Love it. <laughs> and if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's your uh, social media? So I'm on in- Facebook. As I, I don't really use Facebook as much as Instagram. Mm. So I'm on Instagram as Alexander Ely with a one at the end. Cool. Awesome. And uh, just want to thank our sponsors as well. So thank you to Noah's Yard for the uh, beautiful venue we're in right now. And uh, thank you to We Are Digital Marketing as well. So the uh, We Are Digital Marketing creates uh, websites and you know they work with the customer to actually make sure that you're getting the, the solution you want so if whether it's an e-commerce store whether it's actually just uh, you know d- just a general website you want set enough to work with you to make sure that everything that you need is included within the package and it's you know they, they, they don't charge over the earth for it as well so we are digital marketing and their uh, URL is we are digital dot marketing all right cheers guys thank you very much